believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Boss Free Society community or the tribe, the crew, how are you doing today? The peeps, the Boss Free Society peeps, as we like to call them. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to this next episode. We're going to be talking about the power of habit. And, you know, it, w- the way we've kind of titled these little chats are is he said. She said. So we're going to have a little fun uh, talking about habits and how habits have helped us in our lives and, you know, how habits can help you in your life. Because really the bottom line is that habits control everything, whether they're, you know, positive or negative. You know, uh, you've probably heard that. You know, your habits are either going to be, you know, a servant or a master, and, and it depends on which way you kind of look at it. And, right. And I think ultimately, especially in any boss-free endeavors as an entrepreneur, having the right types of habits are critical to progressing. It's definitely a part of success, and I would say that typically what happens is, I know this happened to me when I started and I ventured out on my own initially. I was like, okay, I'm my own boss. I can do what I want, and it's so easy to get caught up in a reactive state, meaning um, letting the day control you as opposed to you controlling the day. And so what we're going to talk about today is just some of the stories where we've implemented habit, what the payoff has been, and then really what happens when you don't have habits. So kind of the pain of regret. So those are the two things we're going to focus on um, just to share with you some insight. And certainly uh, we want to know what you think. Definitely give your feedback on this particular episode. And of course, in our fan page called the Boss Read Dojo, where we invite everyone uh, to join us there and contribute. Let us know what you think. So Tim, do you want to start out and just kind of talking about how the power of habit has served you in your entrepreneurial endeavors? Yeah. First, I wanted to kind of make a point of what you said about, you know, letting the being reactive and letting the day control you and whatnot, you know, because I think one of the, the main things when you are, you know, boss free that you can kind of adopt is the ability to say no, <laughs> because, you know, it, it's hard when, you know, when you're working from home or, you know, you're, you're on your own you don't have, you know, there's not that quote unquote structure that you have, like, let's say at an office. So anyway, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know, when your friends who are not boss free, like have a day off or they're on vacation or something like that, and they, you know, are calling you to go to lunch or whatever. And you're like, well, you know, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. Well, what do you mean? Come on, you, you, come on, let's go. And it's like, it, it's, it's hard at first to say no. And, and it's very easy to get trapped up into and uh, you know, going to lunch because you feel guilty because your friend's off of work and, uh, you know, you, you want to be- spend some time with them. I have so much to say on that because initially that's exactly what would happen to me or in my 
my goal setting, what I thought I required to do was go to these, a lot of these networking events, and trust me, networking is important. We're going to talk on another episode about the power of networking, but there is a method to the madness there. Conversely, what you shouldn't be doing is what I did is, I mean, by the time you get in the car and go to where you want to go, that's a half an hour. The networking event is an hour and a half, and I didn't really have a system for how I was networking. And so when you look at that whole time, it would be three hours out of my day and then I'm like man I was so productive I really wasn't because I didn't have any structure to that so even as something as networking there has to be a habit developed around how you're going to network a system to take you through and be very purposeful about what you're doing and I think more importantly is that as you take um, better control over your daily actions and certainly your weekly outcomes, having the habit of scheduling and planning. So, Tim, if that's okay, um, I'd like to take this conversation on scheduling and planning and how, yeah. uh, for me, it's been really pivotal in my business. Absolutely. I think, you know, that that's that's the really the key is, is st- and then staying, you know, disciplined to adhere to your plan or your schedule. Like you said, like you, if you're going to be in a reactive state, you know, you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So how I schedule uh, my calendar is the first thing that I learned a while ago, but I definitely implemented after a year. Okay. So my first year in my entrepreneurial career, I was very reactive. I would go to different networking events. I would take calls. I didn't uh, schedule anything. If I would host or I would suggest or offer somebody a complimentary coaching session for 20 minutes just to gauge what their level of interest was, are they coachable, their level of commitments, etc. It was only 20 minutes, but somehow it would turn into an hour. And then I wouldn't get any business out of it, and so I wasn't taking control of my schedule. And so when you don't take control of your schedule, then you make other people's priorities your priority first. Perfect example, getting up in the morning, I didn't have um, a habit for how I was waking up and that's something that I'm working on right now. But what I would immediately do is grab my phone and just check email, okay? Lots of people do that. They sleep with their smartphone by the side and when you wake up, you look right at your phone, whether it's on Facebook or checking your email, etc. So now you're making other people's priorities, meaning the emails that you're reading, the emails that you're answering, you're putting their needs ahead of yours. And so even having a habit for how you start out your morning, especially the morning, is so critical. Beyond that, um, scheduling and planning for me has been huge. Let me tell you where I went wrong, where I was being reactive in the day. I wasn't monitoring my progress around the goals that I had for myself, and I wasn't calendaring anything. And just a tax tip for everybody, uh, one of the things you definitely want to do is buy yourself a planner and have that documentation available because if you're ever audited, and here's hoping that we never get audited, but if you are, what you can do is have these planners available and archived where it's showing the activity that you've done against your business. So any business that you have, document those meetings, the phone calls, the travel, etc. Keep some diligent notes around that because then that can be referred to if you are ever in that position. And bigger than that, what I would do is I heard a quote, I'm going to totally chop up this quote, but Jim Rohn who we are going to be quoting on the show so many times. A lot, a lot. A lot. Just, he's been so, I was legitimately sad, by the way, when he passed away. I was sad. I was like, oh my God. That is a bummer. It was. 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm being serious. Because you're like, yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah, that's oh, funny. I mean, well, yeah, because he was such a powerful oh. influence in so many people's lives. Not, not so amazing. So I heard this one quote amongst so many that he says where he talked about scheduling your day the night before. And there is such an amazing amount of power in that. Um, when you are taking the evening, the night before your next day, obviously, and you're scheduling your day, you're looking over your schedule, you're calendaring, you're slotting your times, all the things that are important. Now, this is not just business, by the way. It's different areas of your life, whether it's date night or the personal meetings or the one I was with a child or um, personal development. Just schedule it all so that you treat it all like part of your business, right? So I'm calendaring my workouts, I'm calendaring my coaching sessions, I'm calendaring my mentorship calls, etc. Amazing transformation in my personal business just by doing that. Where in year one, I didn't really have any cadence, I didn't have a system, and my income reflected that. In year two, it was just exponentially different. I actually doubled my income. And so for this year, I'm even um, putting in some additional habits in play. And my goal for this year is to double my income again. Wow. So I know doing these habits, developing these habits, excuse me, are going to lead me to that goal. It just, it's inevitable. It really is formulaic. Well, I think too what, what you were saying and, and where, you know, I think we got to look kind of dissect what your situation was. You know, you said like the, the first year you were reactive, you, you know, you, you didn't control the day, what have you. But the, the thing was you looked into yourself and said, what am I doing wrong? Exactly. And, and you made it better because so many people will do that, like what you did and say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm out of here. I, I, I can't handle, I can't handle it. This, it didn't work. I tried and, you know, now I'm going to not be an entrepreneur or, you know, I'm going to go back to a nine to five or whatever. And because of what you did and you evaluated the situation, you saw what was what you were doing and, and what you were doing wasn't producing the results that you wanted and you, you looked into that and you saw, okay, well I can change things here, I can change things there. And and you know, a lot of times like you like you like you mentioned we mistake activity for, you know, productivity. Exactly. And, and, and that always will, um, you know, if you are just looking at activity, that's not the benchmark. You know, it's good to be active and it's good to do those things, but if they're not producing the type of results you want, you got to really tweak them and, and see where, you know, where it's going wrong. So I just wanted to, you know, um, first acknowledge you and, and give you kudos for, for that because, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, we're, we're going to look the other way and, and say that it doesn't work when in, in actuality it's just that they didn't work or their plan didn't work and they just needed to, to, to change up the plan. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me uh, a perfect example of how you have implemented habit in your entrepreneurial career, just kind of that evolution, right? right? Yeah, you know, I think that the, the best example or at least like one that really can be um, looked at uh, you know, it's a good visual example, is um, the Handicap This Facebook fan page. Um, you know, we started that Facebook fan page in December 2009. So that was five years ago, right? And in December 2014, we hit 100,000 fans. Nice. And, you know, when people see, you know, hear that, you know, they always are impressed by it, and they should because it is an impressive number. But the growth is a result of 
just consistency. I, you know, and, and Facebook has changed a lot and that's one thing, you know, there's a lot of different variables in, in there, but as far as, uh, you know, our fan page, I was consistent in posting and I was also, I was always, you know, reading up on the, the changes and, in, in, in seeing, and just kind of being intuitive and seeing where, things were going because in, you know, back probably, you know, five, four or five years ago, I was just posting like a quote, like it was a text. It was a quote and it was in text. And, you know, we would get great engagement on, on those. But I noticed that, you know, photos were starting to get, you know, being shared more. And the thing was way back then you couldn't share a quote, like, or you couldn't share a text or something like that. So, I came up with the idea that my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she's a graphic designer. So I started asking her to kind of design images that we could put on our page and then people could share them. And that, you know, that really helped the, the evolution of our page. But it was really the consistency of posting great content every single day. And it's evolved and changed. But for the most part, we post in the morning and we post in the evening. Um, you know, usually it's, you know, motivational message image. And then sometimes during, you know, the afternoon we'll post. Now here's where the, the thing is where, where about the consistency comes in. You fast forward to, let's say, November 2013, which is four years of the page being, uh, going on it was we had like 17,000 fans wow again that's a lot but it's you know it, so literally our page exploded since November 2013 let's say um, you know it's it's you know quadrupled and in, in you know it's just been more than quadrupled so the fact of that being that consistency and in, in, you know having those fans get used to what we're doing and know how you know People look look like they can't wait for our quotes. They can't wait for our posts. Like I've mm. you know gotten you know because we've traveled so much and we're meeting people. People have told me time and time again like oh you know God you guys post the greatest stuff. Thank you so much. And you know it, it's it's great to to hear that. Like and you know and especially when you meet a fan who lives like in California or something like that. It's it's really cool. But um, because we were so consistent you know, we, we built up a great fan base that is active on our page and engages on our page. So the end of 2013, we, we did a, a post that went completely viral, like five, 20, 5 million reach, 10 million reach. It was something crazy. And that like started the, the snowball and we just kind of continued to get more and more fans and, uh, it was all because of the consistency and building that base. So the habit of consistency really um, paid off. I mean, I know I've seen on the Handicap This uh, fan page where you'll get 1,000 likes, 2,000 likes off of one quote yeah. and one picture. And so, yeah. it, and I think, Tim, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you've told me that if for whatever reason there's a time that you don't post, people will ask you, hey, hey is everything okay? What's yeah, going on? Yeah. Whatever? I, I, there's been a, a handful of times that I have, haven't posted, uh, just a handful, really, in, in five years. And... I have gotten people like, you know, everything okay? Is something wrong? Uh, and that is uh, a testament, again, to the consistency because they're expecting it. And if someone's expecting it, then that's why you get that that message. If they weren't expecting it, you wouldn't hear from them. You know what I mean? Like, so it just, it shows that people are, you know, rabid for for our for our stuff. And, that, and that's great. And, you know, it really 
you know, there's a responsibility too when it comes to it. And that's kind of like the burden too. It's like, oh, geez, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't forget to post today. And, and that's obviously where, you know, Buffer and Hootsuite and, you know, the different, the different, uh, management tools really come into play where you can kind of schedule posts and that definitely helps a lot. But a lot of times I just post it directly from Facebook and Facebook also has a, uh, a, a scheduling feature and, and we're getting off to a tangent here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I just think <laughs> we should definitely do another show on Facebook since you have um, such Certainly good. Can. Yeah. I mean, your results have been amazing. I know you're uh, putting together just an online product for people that have asked you information on how you've taken your fan page and just grown it to that level. And, and, and because you're able to build the trust and consistency, there's that level of expectation with your fans and your fans are so devoted which I think is so amazing so that's just a testament to the power of having what you have been able to create so exactly, exactly. much kudos much well, kudos thank you thank you so on a personal level, let's talk about just how um, the power of habit or the power of consistency has played out. And I know for me, um, the one thing that I am so diligent, or I should say my husband and I are diligent about um, relaying to, the, to our kids is to finish what you start, right? Oh, so they will sign up for different activities and have tried different sports. And it's kind of like, hey, maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but whatever. It's eight weeks that we signed up for and you have to get it done. There's just no way that you're not going to finish. And so that, it's not about the, the soccer or it's not about that particular sport. It's not about forcing them to like it. It's about creating that consistency so that they understand the fundamental importance of finishing what they start. And these are just underlying skills that they're going to carry over into different other areas of life. Um, so I was tested um, on that front in the uh, in January. Was it January? Let me think back. January of 2013. Um, my husband challenged me to do a marathon. And so I have been a runner here and there, would do 10Ks, half marathons, never to the level where I was like, oh my God, I consider myself a runner. Um, I would do it just to get my cardio and et cetera. And I enjoyed it to, to a certain extent because it is a lot of hard work, but he challenged me and he did it in front of the kids. And so when just out of spite, he's like, oh, well, I challenge you to do a marathon. So my kids were right there and I was like, okay, I'm being tested and just kind of a little bit of that ego comes into play. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> or I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do a Chicago marathon. So I opened up my big mouth. I said I was going to do the Chicago marathon. I trained for, I think it was 18 weeks uh, for it in preparation for the Chicago Marathon in October of 2013, and I did finish. Um, did I like it? No. I didn't always like going to the Saturday long runs or having to do the runs in between, but I'm always um, just marveled at how people think that that's such a huge accomplishment because at the end of the day, anyone can do it, of course, if, they have the, if they're able-bodied and um, they are able to complete a marathon. It's just 20 weeks of consistent action where if you have a blueprint to getting it done, you you can run a marathon too. So it's just a celebration, I think, of consistency more than crossing that finish line at 26.2 miles. Oh, absolutely. And the funny thing, too, about that is, like, people, I think, have this this misconception about marathons, like, that you can't stop. Like, you have to be, you know, bolting the whole time, you know. Right. And, and you know, that's that's not the case. I mean, you could, there's, there's porta-potties along the, the way. You can go to the bathroom, you know, you can... 
there are things there that you know you you can walk too and and but so you know to your point it is all about consistency and it's also about your mindset because most people think oh my god i could never do it and once you say that you're right you're toast you can't and also i think the, the another thing that why people i think are afraid of marathons you know how um the marathon started no i, I i'm not sure the 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 person's name. It was it was back in ancient Greece, and this I think it was a soldier. He ran twenty six point two miles, and I think he ended in Athens, whatnot, and he died at the end. And that was what? yeah, and that was how the marathon was twenty six point two miles because his his run or he was alerting. I I got I should have uh, I should kind of look in, into this and get the exact uh, statistics or the, the, the right story. But if you can, it is true that the, the, the first person that ran that 26.2 miles died. Uh, That's interesting. I'm going to have to again, look that, that up. Was, that was ancient Greece. This is B, that was BC or whatever. So, I mean, you know, we've, we've come a long way since then. We've come a long way because if I can finish it, trust me, anybody can just follow a program and you too can run a marathon. How about you? You have a running story, Tim. Yeah, you know, and my running story uh, is crazy, and and it, but this also goes into the, the the thought process like what you just said about anyone can do it, and it's really it's really the belief level that kind of makes that so. Um, back in 2005, uh, I had this crazy idea that I would basically run cross country, run from Orlando, Florida, to Chicago, Illinois. Uh, to raise awareness for cerebral palsy and to raise awareness for my friend who lives with cerebral palsy, Mike Berkson, and then just to show people it was possible because I wasn't a runner before I decided to do it. Like it was really just kind of like, okay, I'll do this type of thing, you know. And and I had this just this immense belief level that I could do it, mm-hmm. and that was 2005, and it was April 1st that I had the idea. And then August 1st, 2005 is when I started doing the run from Orlando. So April through August, through up to August was just a nonstop, just training session, basically. And that was, you know, four months of training. I, I dropped 40 pounds pretty quickly wow. um, doing that. And uh, I had a coach, a long distance running coach. His name is Stu Middleman. And Stu ran uh, 1,100 miles or no, he ran 1,000 miles in 11 days. Um, like in 1983, and at the time he was like the world ultra marathoner, like the world record holder. And then in uh, in 2001, I believe he ran from San Diego, California to New York City. <laughs> so uh, and he averaged like 50 miles a day, and he Holy was you know, just completely, you know, all, just completely the right, you know, the right coach to have for, for this goal. So I called him up, and he agreed to coach me. And he said that I really would like to run with you because I, I just, you know, I, for me, for this big, this big of an obstacle, I really like, you know, to, to run with you. So I started coaching with him in April and we decided that it would be mid-May would be the, the time that we would kind of, it was kind of like the point of no return, even though I, there was no return for me anyway. But as, as far as he was concerned, he wanted to kind of see where I was, but he believed in me. Right. So, you know, we, I went to, San Diego to run with him and we ran like 20 miles in, uh, in that, in that coaching run. And that was 10, that was double the amount I've ever run before. And I'd never, and so this was like six weeks after I had contacted him, I was basically running a marathon. I was running over 20 miles. And then I asked Stu a question and this question changed, really changed my life. And it, and this is just a great, 
a great learning tool. So I asked Stu, I said, you know, you know, why did you think I could do this? Why, you know, why did you want to coach me? And he goes, oh, that's easy, Tim, because you believed you could do it. And I was Love like, that. I was like, wow. And like, it just completely changed everything. And, and the funny thing was like the, all, like the whole plane ride to San Diego and stuff. I, I couldn't wait to ask him that question. Right. And then when he said that, it, it was like, wow, you know, like it's something so simple. And I, I was not expecting that at all. Like I was expecting him to say, you know, something else, you know, I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but so the bottom line is, you know, that whole training was, it was a consistency. Like I had to run diligent miles for basically for four months. And the result of that consistency was, uh, I was basically an ultra marathon athlete. Like I was just com- completely, you know, I was be able to run marathons back to back days. No problem. I ran 717 miles in the month of August, 2005. And there's a whole other, I mean, there's a lot of different logistical problems that I had and, and whatnot, why it's only, why it was only 717 miles. But, um, I averaged 24 miles a day for the month of August, 2005. And, uh, that was, you know, that, that was kind of what set the foundation and kind of really set me straight, so to speak, as far as, you know, being able to, uh, believe in myself and, and kind of tackle any obstacle that came my way. I love that. That's such a good story and that's so powerful and really it all comes down to belief, um, the belief that you can do it and people are interested in learning more about the power of habit. I know um, there's a couple of books that come to mind. We're always going to pinpoint a book or two for you guys because I think reading the books and expanding your mind on different concepts and different knowledge points are really going to be fundamental for your personal growth. So for me, the one book I think about is uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And so what he talks about in this book is just the power of consistency, the power of habit, multiplying your success one simple step at a time. So I think that book, when I read it, I was just blown away. I thought it was so well written and um, he's an amazing person too. If uh, if you guys don't know Daryl, I'm, I'm sorry, Darren Hardy. He is the publisher of Success Magazine. Uh, if you haven't read it, you definitely should have a subscription to Success. But yeah. more importantly, the Compound Effect I thought was an amazing work that he he put together. Absolutely, and then just another book that's all that's very similar to um, the Compound Effect is The Slight Edge. And I don't know why, but the author's name is totally escaping me right now. Yes, uh, his name is Jeff Olson, I believe. There it is. Yeah, Jeff Olson. There you go. Um, so th- that, that book mirrors a lot of what the compound effect says. And actually, I, th- I mean, I think it's it's important to read both of those books um, just because, you know, repetition is the mother of skill, as Tony Robbins always says. And it's, it's good to kind of get another take on the same exact topic, you know. <laughs> And actually, another book that I would recommend, and this is kind of like the graduate course for the book of habits, is it's The Power of Habit. Mm. And I know I'm going to butcher his name. Is Charles Duwig, I believe, is the author's name. And we can look at that for the show notes and whatnot. But The Power of Habit, I would definitely say, is you know the, the graduate work. And the reason I say that is it, he dives into what, constitutes a habit, how habits are developed, and really kind of scientifically breaks down habits. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing book. And it really kind of helps you think about 
what we do and how, you know, so much, so much of our day is repetition and we don't even know it. And it's, it's just a really great book that I, that I would recommend. But again, I would, it's a graduate course. So it's not something that, that if you are, you know, are a newbie at reading or, or, you know, as far as the personal development goes, definitely read uh, Darren Hardy and Jeff Olson books first before diving into the power of habit. That'd be my little one, two punch. Great. So whether you are looking to run a marathon, run from Orlando, Florida to Chicago, you're looking to have 100,000 fans on your Facebook fan page, or I don't remember, oh, or double your income. There you go. You, twice. Back-to-back -back <laughs> years. Twice. You can definitely do that by implementing the power of habit. So we definitely look forward to talking about this topic more because I think it's so important. And I know that I'm very much a student of the game and I'm always looking for new stuff and new learnings, books, etc. Anything that I can do from a productivity hacking standpoint, we will make sure to definitely share that information on future shows. Tim, do you have any parting words? Yeah, you know, I think you kind of um, mentioned it about setting your intention and, you know, preparing your day the night before. And I think that's you know very powerful and then another thing that you and I are, are taking uh, advantage of is uh, we're doing something called the miracle morning mm -hmm. and I really think that that has just really amped up my game and really uh, it's something that I think people should check out and I know that's kind of a tease but Hal Elrod is the author of that book uh, called the miracle morning and Hal, I've listened to other podcasts that he's been on and different interviews with him. And he's just an amazing, he's got an amazing story first and foremost. And he developed this system called the miracle morning, which really just sets you up for success. You know, it's, it's about a, it's about a 60 minute time commitment in the morning, wake up earlier than you normally do, do these set things. We talked about, you talked about this in one of our other episodes. Yeah, we will link to that particular show in the show notes, but if Absolutely. you want more information on the Miracle Morning, we have a full show where we go through exactly what those steps are, something we're implementing currently in our lives. And as always, if you want to share your input um, on the Miracle Morning or anything else that you're learning or questions you have, check us out on BuzzFeed Dojo. We're on Twitter. We are everywhere. Uh, hashtag boss hole. Hashtag boss free society. <laughs> what else, Tim? Any other hashtags? Yeah, well, you know, I I wanted to to end with a Jim Rohn quote. Oh, please. Because you know he he's been you know the the king for this, and we you know, we mentioned his name a bunch of times in this episode. So the quote that I wanted to end with really really talks about habit indirect way. And the quote is uh, Jim Rohn says that discipline weighs ounces. And regret weighs tons. Boom. Take that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys. See you on the next episode and play big at the game of life. That's Can't wait. All right. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page. Twitter at Boss Free Society or join our group of other boss free minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.